Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, North Shore, and welcome to North Shore News Week. I am Joe Coglin, and that is Martin Carlino, and we are two of the co-founders of the record NorthShore.org, your friendly neighborhood nonprofit news website. Thank you for joining us, and welcome to the precipice of a holiday weekend. We're about to get into Memorial Day weekend. Marty, you got any big plans? The unofficial start to the summer, they say, and looks like we're going to get some great weather. No big plans here, just maybe a little uh, enjoying the nice weather that hopefully we're going to get. But uh, how about you, Joe? Anything big planned for the uh, for the upcoming Memorial Day weekend here? I don't think anything big. No, I don't think I might see some family. Um, Play a little baseball, maybe. Watch a little baseball, maybe. Watch some baseball, for sure. I think my son hanging out with his cousins, he'll enjoy. Um yeah, it should be pretty good. They're going to start us off with bad weather, though. We're going to start tomorrow with like a little rainy, a little rainy, but then we'll brighten from there. So after this heat we got, though, I'm going to I'm going to say it's welcome a little bit. So, yeah, Martin and I uh, disagree on the heat. I'm a big fan of the heat. Bring it on. Um, Martin, not so much, um, but we'll agree that 70 degrees is perfect. Uh, so we're going to dive right into the news here. We had a busy week. We got a lot of stuff for you guys this week. So please stick around. We're going to get to your favorite story um, of the week. Uh, maybe one of our biggest of all time. But we're going to start with some news and uh, some interest um, from across the community. So we do this in three segments. We break down the news of the week in uh, some pretty simple, easy, digestible segments. At least we try to. Lead story starts things off. Then we move to up and down the shore where we we try to tell you a story from uh, every community we cover, from the northernmost to the southernmost. And then we move to our featured feature of the week before sending you on your way. So starting off with our lead story, jumping right in here, we have a pretty sensitive topic here. It's um, about a display in the community, in the Wilmette community, specifically over on Sheridan Road, that has caused some outrage, made its way all the way to Village Hall. And it is a, it's a window display. Um, it is in a private residence, so it is not breaking, according to the village and according to police and according to lawsuits that have preceded uh, this story. It is not violating any sort of um, hate speech or anything like that, but it is. So it's in a private residence. It's fulfilling First Amendment rights, and it is a display that is considered insensitive by some to the Jewish community. And it's uh, so this started circulating this week. It's been up for three years, as we mentioned. It started circulating again this week on social media as some people kind of caught on to it and uh, made its way to Village Hall, as I mentioned. I'll get to that in a second. Um, so we just, we, we wanted to figure out what this was all about. First, we heard about it. So we got the story for you from the resident himself as well from the village and their, their perspective on it. And we'll describe the display first. It is a large monster-like figure, think lurch, think um, kind of like Frankenstein's monster, but in that mold, large, tall, definitely a monster-like figure. He's dressed like a butler, so kind of in that lurch mold. And he is wearing um, on his chest, I say he, the monster, on its uh, left chest, a Star of David um, with the Jude insignia, identical to the ones, um, I guess not identical, very similar to the ones, the printout, of the ones worn, made to be worn during the Holocaust. 
many see this as from an outsider's perspective, anti-Semitism um, as a, as you can imagine seeing it and not knowing any of the backstory, anything else. It's a monster-like figure wearing a Jewish Star of David. We spoke with the resident whose display this is. He says it's actually a protest against anti-Semitism. He is a Jewish man. His name's Marshall. He asked his last name not be, um, not be disseminated uh, for fear of any harassment or any type of um, maybe negative backlash um, at his private home. But he said that's how he feels in his building. He has alleged his neighbors are anti-Semitic and have treated him unfairly and um, um, improperly throughout the years. So that's kind of his protest against that kind of treatment. The village, regardless of what um, Marshall says, issued a statement calling it highly offensive. We spoke with, um, you know, Senta Plunkett, the, the new village president, read this statement aloud prior to the meeting this week, um, the village board meeting about how it's highly insensitive and they denounce it, they condemn it um, in kind of all its aspects. We, we followed up with Mike Brayman, the village manager, because it was a encompassing message from the village of Wilmette. And we, you know, we, we spoke with him. He's aware of who the resident is. The village and this resident actually have ongoing litigation about a separate matter that we're not going to get into. That's not the story that we're covering right now. Um, so he, he was not able to, and neither was the village, speak with the resident because of that um, ongoing litigation. But he said, regardless uh, of what the resident is trying to do, that it is insensitive in nature um, and uh, that they don't condemn the actions. And then there's a better way to do it. And because he's Obviously, there's nothing the village can do because this resident is expressing his First Amendment rights, but that doesn't mean they have to like it uh, or have to agree with it. And that is directly from village president, Mike Brayman. A little confusing, and I hope I explained that properly. The whole story um, that we got is on our website right now, um, but it was something that a lot of residents started, were talking about this week, and we tried to get some clarity for that. So please take a look at the full story, break it down and see what you think. Um, like I said, this is just to get some clarity for you on what the residents' thoughts were, whether you agree or believe or whatever that is, what's going on in his perspective and the village's perspective. There's also been talk on social media, Nextdoor and Facebook about this exhibit as well. So that's our lead story. Please take a, take a deeper look on our website as you can find that story in all of our stories. Moving on to up and down the shore. And like I said, um, in, in preceding our lead story, we have a big story for you that was one of our biggest all time. We're gonna get down to it, trust me, about a new restaurant coming to town that many people seem excited about. We'll get there. We're gonna start though at our northernmost point in Glencoe. Um, where we, had a where we also have some restaurant news to share. We also have some restaurant news. Pretty cool. Uh, maybe a, uh, a restaurant that's coming wanted to do something. Residents weren't so sure. And we have an update there. So originally when an applicant submitted its proposal for uh, to convert the former art store gallery at 668 Vernon Avenue in downtown Glencoe, they included as part of that in pro as part of that proposal, an 84 seat outdoor patio 
that would be located in the rear of the building. So anyone who is familiar with that um, location knows that behind that building, there are some residential areas that are very close by within um, anything to 50 to 100 feet and sometimes uh, even a little bit closer than that. So as I mentioned, that was included in the applicant's original, original proposal for a restaurant called Poppy's Social in downtown Glencoe. Now, two days before Glencoe's plan commission was supposed to hear the proposal from that applicant, they withdrew that part of their proposal. So they just um, proposed to in front of the Glencoe plan commission um, for some exterior review elements that were um, going to be done to the building, but not the patio element. So there is a chance that that element still could come forward as part of the proposal sometime in the future. But for now, that is not going to be a part of the um, applicant's proposal for a new restaurant in downtown Glencoe. So we'll have to see how it shakes out moving forward. But as of right now, the 84-seat uh, outdoor patio that would also be used, according to the proposal, for live music as many as six times a year would be open till about 11 p.m. Uh, and would be uh, approximately 2,000 square feet is not included in their plans uh, as of right now. As I mentioned, still could be moving forward and the uh, commission reviewed the proposal without that last night, but we'll see if um, before the restaurant officially opens up and um, has its plan set, if that part of the proposal still comes forward. But for now, no outdoor patio attached with it. Yes, yeah, so we had to update that story during the week as Martin did a good job of, of breaking down what the patio is and then they pulled it back, but who knows what's coming up uh, in the future. So stay tuned to Martin's reporting on, on local planning and local village action. Uh, and speaking of which, we're going to step, take a step down, move down Tower Road, uh, cross Tower Road to Winneka, uh, where we have another kind of uh, zoning slash planning issue uh, with a dome over a pool. Yeah, so for anyone in the Chicagoland area who owns a pool, the classic conundrum is how do you keep it usable once the summer finishes and once the warm months finish? So Winneka family thought they had that conundrum figured out. And in late 2020, they installed a temporary inflatable dome over their outdoor in-ground swimming pool in their backyard um, of their home, which is located in the 100 block of Winneka's Fuller Lane. After they installed that dome, Winneka Village officials received an anonymous complaint from a nearby neighbor related to the dome. And then subsequently, the village issued a code violation, and a, uh, which is a warning letter, different from a fine, a little bit uh, different there in that regard, that said uh, the temporary dome violated village code. So it was still able to remain up for the remainder of uh, much of the 2020 winter. But now as we go into the summer months and with the winter season, four or five, down, four or five months down the road, Winneka's Village Council took up a discussion of whether it should be allowed in the upcoming 2021-22 winter season. So still uh, a lot of discussion that is going to go on related to that. And it seems as if the um, family who put up the dome is now going to have to go through uh, Winneka zoning board and go through that process in order to um, potentially get a, a zoning amendment that will allow them to construct it. So a little bit of a different concept, but 
um, the council did not just give straight out flat approval approval to an amendment that would allow the temporary dome. So um, the applicant and the family who has the, the dome in their backyard uh, was a little contentious in the nature that they thought the temporary pool dome was comparable to an outdoor skating rink, which many families have in their backyard during the winter. And interestingly enough, does not require a permit under Winneka Village Code. So um, similar structures, similar in their seasonal nature, but uh, one requires a permit and one does not. So a bit of a, of a wider issue that it turned into and a bit of a wider discussion that it turned into, but um, depending on how the zoning process plays out, we'll see how, uh, if the inflatable dome is gonna be back in the backyard this coming winter. Yeah, very just interesting um, use discussion um, in the village of Wodeca, and I'm sure people might be interested in that kind of similar on the line to, to other um, uses on private property and how that might affect zoning and other things. So cool discussion. Check out the full story by Marty. Um, now we're going to skip over a little bit west, but we're just going to stop in Northfield for a moment um, just to talk about um, New Trier. They have their graduation this weekend, so a bit of a preview. Things we'll have coming up um they got a pre they got a graduation on sunday i believe marty at soldier field so at pretty cool stuff and we'll have some photos and i think a recap early next week but just so you know that's coming also speaking of true we'll shout out the, the varsity podcast some other things uh both water polo teams are at state this weekend so we'll see if they bring home some trophies um they're at fenwick um but listen to the varsity podcast for that um we're gonna we're gonna kind of sidestep Kenilworth and move back over to Wilmette for the story you've all been waiting for a a Martin scoop very cool stuff uh, probably our most popular story ever um, just really cool that uh, the Baker Square property that's been vacant um, and it finally sold um, and uh, and uh, the new owner uh, we're gonna have some some interesting an interesting restaurant coming to town marty i'll let you yeah, tell them all about it i think it. it's i think it's fair to classify it as one of wilmette's iconic families is uh is taking a big swing with its plans to occupy that baker square site that you alluded to joe so recently that site was per purchased by a restaurant group that represents the uh murray family uh, of course which uh bill murray the the famous actor and his brothers grew up in Wilmette, and as of right now, their plan is to open a Murray Brothers Caddyshack theme restaurant, similar to the one that is near, near O'Hare Airport in suburban Rosemont um, in that Baker Square site. So everything is still very introductory and preliminary in its nature right now, and no formal proposals have been brought forward to village officials yet. But according to Wilmette Village Manager Mike Brayman, the, the village of Wilmette has been working with uh, representatives from the Murray family that uh, have been interested in the site for as long as a year ago. So clearly there's some interest and clearly they uh, are exploring the possibility of bringing that, uh, that restaurant uh, back to their, not back to their hometown, to their hometown for the first time. Uh, and according to uh, Mike Brayman, they are also interested in maybe opening up some others throughout uh, uh, the area, but particularly now the first expansion opportunity they're looking at is their hometown in Wilmette. So it was one of the uh, prominent vacancies in Wilmette as Baker Square had closed down in 2019 and the site has been vacant since. It's, a, it's about a 4,500 square foot lot. 
located pretty closely to Old Orchard Shopping Mall, so a pretty prominent location. Um, and it could be, could be filled with a very high profile restaurant sometime in the near future. So exciting times about uh, what is hopefully not going to be a vacancy for much longer. No. And um, yeah, they have one in Rosemont, as Martin said, and just, just so we can get all the Murray's brothers some love. There's, there's Brian and there's John and there's Andy and there's of course, Bill and Joel. So those are all the brothers. There's also Ed Murray, the oldest brother who actually passed last year um but uh, those are all the murray brothers and um the namesake for the restaurant so pretty exciting stuff and i'm sure we will have updates for you as we get more on the planning side um especially if there are some uh um, concept plans filed we'll be there so that is well we will um, which is nice um so that is up and down the shore (laughs) Uh, from Glencoe to Wilmet in the the communities we cover with the record north shore find those and more at the record north shore dot org Segment three is our featured feature. We have a cute and fuzzy story for you out of Glencoe. Um, something pretty cool. Um, something you kind of see a lot in the springtime from other communities. Um, maybe uh, some, some viral web clips, but this one, <laughs> web clips. All the, all the duck <laughs> puns are just coming um, fast and furious. Uh, but uh, a few Glencoe employees, Village of Glencoe employees, kind of collaborated to save some ducklings from a sewer um, after they fell in. Um, Unfortunately, a a common trap for a lot of ducklings as they make their way to water. So a duck usually goes, um, when it it is near a residential area, tries to find a safe place to lay its eggs. Many times that is in a residential area uh, around a home was the case this time. And as this uh, mama duck was leading her brood, which is a group of ducklings, toward water for the first time, a few um, accidentally fell in a sewer grate. So um, the mama duck and the rest of the ducklings, a lot of crying and a lot of uh, peeping um, was happening. And that brought out a response from the village and Katie Sweeney, who's the community service officer slash animal control specialist. She led the, the remaining ducks and the mama duck uh, to water. Um, they wanted to walk all the way down from Bluff, all the way down <laughs> Dundee, to about the Botanic Gardens and some water over there, which they did and they made it. She stopped the, the cars and everything as they crossed the street and they made it to water. She, when she returned back to the sewer to see what she could do, she found Juan Carrillo, a, uh, a, another village employee on the public works side, was already on scene and was already kind of making his way into the sewer. Um, pretty shallow sewer, pretty dry as we've had a lot of dry weather recently. So he was able to kind of jump right in and squat right into the sewer grate and um, pull out um, three of the ducklings. Unfortunately, one did not make it. The fall was a little too much for, for the little guy, but uh, was able to pull out three and save them. And then Katie was able to bring them back to where the mama duck went over by the botanic gardens and reunite them. They were loud enough. The mama duck came back and it was a, a nice little reunion um, after a really, you know, kind of a family crisis for those ducks. So you can say they're mighty ducks, Marty. Uh, it's funny my wife was giving me all these puns as I was writing I'm like okay okay there are too many duck puns but um uh it it was a really fun story really cool you know uh, Katie Sweeney told me in the springtime you know a lot of these situations similar ones happened she actually I think she said that very day got called to a local church for a fawn um that was kind of creating some havoc uh on the lawn there at a local church so springtime a lot of things in bloom a lot of animals at play um, and these things happen, but a good collaboration, a good community effort to save some ducklings 
um, and, and get them back on their feet. Yeah. Check out that full story and fun stuff. Also, some photos and maybe even a little video for you to watch uh, at the recordnorthshore.org. Very cool. Data journalism, baby. <laughs> um, that's it. That's our show. That's our three segments, guys. Lead story up and down the shore and um, <clears throat> featured feature. <laughs> a lot to digest this week. But like I said, and we always say so much at the recordnorthshore.org. Hope you guys take your time at that site and explore it all. All our public service journalism, which is including... I believe it. almost every story we talked about there, except maybe some of the sports stuff is free to read. We do it for you. We consider public, uh, we consider journalism and, and reliable and responsible information a public good. And what we do is a public service. It's for you. Um, so if you could and are interested in that sort of work, uh, we'd appreciate any donations or subscribe to support those efforts. We are reader funded. You can find all that and how to do that at our website, therecordnorthshore.org. We appreciate you. Before we send you on your way, we're going to look a little bit ahead. And Marty, what do we got? What are we working on? What's on the stove? Yeah. So late last month, Caldwell Banker submitted an application to occupy the former Berkshire Hathaway office in downtown Winnetka, which once Berkshire Hathaway submitted its plans to vacate the space, village officials had high hopes for it, saying that there were some real interesting possibilities that could occupy uh, a pretty, pretty high profile corner in downtown Winnetka. But since they submitted that, since Caldwell Banker submitted that application, they have since withdrawn their plans to occupy the space, once again opening up what officials called interesting possibilities. So we'll have an updated story ready to go on that. And also, as we come full circle here, Memorial Day coverage that we mentioned earlier in uh, the podcast, we'll have that ready for you um, with a little preview of what's going to be going around what's going to be going on around our coverage area, and then also some after-the-fact photos and short recaps. And, of course, new cheer graduation. We'll bring in some photos and short little recap from Loyola's graduation, which was this past weekend. So very busy times and a lot of content coming forward for you guys. A lot of stuff happening. Um, updates, too, galore. So if you had any tips, uh, if any of those things that, that you're interested in you didn't just hear about, please send us a note at newsroom at therecordns.org. You can always send us tips. We appreciate them. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Till next time. Thanks for listening.